0: This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more specific on ABC Radio Australia? and welcome to another week of Can You Be More Pacific? My name is Sarah Nangama, and I'm joined by my loyal co
1: host, Dean Hullital. Fakalofala here to everyone, and welcome to the show. It's great to be here once again, and uh, happy Samoan Independence Day to all our Samoan listeners. Uh, it's the 61st Samoan Independence Day, so uh, we hope you have a great day. Uh, we've got a jam packed show to get through. We'll be joined by Tongan Jewel Code International, Sally Mailangi, and we'll also have a new question for you can ask that. What if? It's around what if? So trying to Go back in time. And also, we'll chat to the president of Samoa Tag Incorporated, JP Leota. Love that. Bit going on. Bit going on. Sarah, what's been happening? Okay, this is one story I have for you, but I, I love when you like pause to launch a a story because I know it's going to be good. She's got stories for
0: days, but I lost my passport a few months ago, and so I'm now in the process of trying to get a new passport because there's a tour coming up for the Wolverines and you know, God willing, if I am selected, I do not want my passport to the re- be the reason that I do not board a plane. Anywho, I get to the post office ready to submit all my documents. And then there was a little bit of a kerfuffle back and forth. And basically I was told that potentially I needed to apply for Australian citizenship, even though I was born here and I'm actually a citizen by birthright.
1: Can I ask, can I backtrack to the start? Yes. Were you using your passport as ID when you were out one night? Is that how you lost you it? You
0: already know what's up, hello That's exactly <laughs> why I took my passport with me. I was just, a, I was a bit of um. I guess a creature of habit because when I was in New Zealand, they actually don't accept digital copies. You know how often here yeah. in Sydney we use our service New South Wales as ID. They don't accept that. They only accept hard copies. And for whatever God forbidden reason, I lost my driver's license, I don't know, at least two years ago. And so I've just been using my <laughs> service yeah, yeah, New South enough. Wales. Yep. So basically I went to Canberra to go commentate down there. And I thought, well, if there's any place that's going to be a little bit strict, it's going to be the capital. They didn't really care. They accepted my service New South Wales, but I lost my passport. So... Honestly, such a rookie error and it frustrates me because there's no one else to blame but me. But my saving grace is I don't think I have to apply for citizenship because I have like an old passport within the past 10 years.
1: Plus you were born here. Oh I, my I, God. I know you have to prove that, but like, I, I'm I'm assuming, I thought it was, if you were born here, you're automatically a citizen.
0: Well, that's what I thought. And as Nellie alluded to, who is our wonderful uh, producer, told her this story often, she goes to me. But you play for the Wallaroos. I'm like, <laughs> Exactly. I I have my citizenship.
1: Just yeah, get get um get a, a bit of video of you standing there in line singing the anthem with your teammates in a Wallaroos jersey. Yes. Say, uh, <clears throat> that that's me, everyone. Yeah,
0: yeah. But anyways, that's um my my story of the week. Hopefully next week I can come and say that I was successful in lodging it. Um but that's me. hello you?
1: Ah, uh, my my weekend last week was just kids sport. They started at eight o'clock last weekend. My it's kids getting earlier and earlier, and it was so cold. So I was standing on the sideline doing like, like shuttles up and down the sideline to try and stay warm. But both my kids had losses, so they didn't get um, breakfast that day. Oh, tough trot, dad. Yeah.
0: Well, you got to earn. You got to earn your food you gotta, around here. You got to earn your food. <laughs>
1: But that's not true. I feed them.
0: Oh, I love that. Well, let's get stuck straight into it. NRL, state of origin, last night, how bloody good.
1: Yeah, very exciting. Down in Adelaide, um, at the Adelaide Oval, and the atmosphere looked amazing. Um, And yeah, it was a really big build-up to this campaign. Both teams having little storylines about um, things that have gone wrong in the camp. Obviously, Latrell Mitchell, uh, a late withdrawal for the Blues, or midweek withdrawal with the injury, a little bit of a an illness or a a sore tooth for Nathan Cleary as well, leading up to the match. So there's all these little storylines that little niggles. Yeah, little niggles. Um, And then the Queensland team, as they always do, just rise to the occasion. And look, it was a a really entertaining match. It was back and forth, a lot of lead changes, but in the end, Queensland winning 26 points to 18. And uh, I've got to say, they, they played very typical Queensland style because New South Wales had all the ball, they had all the stats in their favour in terms of possession, field position um, and, and just momentum. But Queensland just kept turning them away. Some really big last-ditch efforts uh, and also some great individual performances.
0: Speaking of individual performances, Hamiso Tobuai Fido was incredible. In his second appearance,
1: scored two tries. Yes, it was uh, a big effort from Hamiso. second try was electric. Set a field to Grant. You got a pass away finally to Munster, running across field. Munster and beats one. Then he got the pass away to the hammer. He's over the 30,
2: over the 20. Tedesco slipped over. It's hammer time. Hammer so can you like and no has scored an amazing state of origin try.
0: Incredible. What I loved was seeing Fox being put on his bum because Hammer just broke the line and just put a strong right fend out and he was Gonskis.
1: Yeah, poor, poor Fox. Um, and it was something out of nothing. You heard uh, Andrew Moore calling it there and uh, Cameron Munster drifting across field. They only had 12 players on the field at that point because Thomas Flegler was sinned in for a shot on Tom Truboevich. Uh, but they shift out to the left and Hamaso, as you say, gets the ball. Great contest. You see two speedsters about to go at it. Um, He got the jump on Josh Adokar. and When Adokar was trying to chase him down, he He just got the right hand out, boom, and it was like really bad. It just looks so athletic. And then... Got to the fullback and James Tedesco went boop, off the left foot. Tedesco goes sliding past and um, yeah, really, uh, really good way to cap off his game. Hamaso put Queensland back in front and then a late try to Cameron Munster off a catch by Lindsay Collins uh, on a bomb that was kicked through. Unbelievable on his um, on his teammate and James Tedesco just leaped, leaped above him, leapt above him, not leaped, leapt above him and uh, took the uh, took the ball. It was amazing.
0: And an offload straight to Munster. Science Hill delivered. Queensland have won. On New South Wales, they they
1: have now. I guess in terms of performances, uh, Appy Croissel, I thought he was really strong in the middle for New South Wales. Um, a lot of uh, chat around his uh, his selection over Damien Cook, but um, I thought it was well warranted, and, and he had a great game. Um, I thought Tyson Frizzell coming back into the fold, he played pretty tough. He didn't get a lot of opportunities, but I think he did what he was supposed to do for them. And just Queensland, Hamaso tabua Fideau was outstanding. Selwyn Cobbo, a couple of tries for him on, tries. On, on the Two tries, what a as guy. Well. So I think the Queensland fighting spirit that New South Wales people get sick of hearing about, it's shone through, unfortunately, for, for Blues fans. And uh, Queensland go back home uh, for game two uh, with a series to win possibly.
0: There's a lot on the line, but this is exactly what we love of State of Origin Action. Now, turning our attention to athletics, a story that's been taking everyone by hold is 52-year-old Darren Young. He won gold in the 5,000-meter race. He ran this. He ran a 5K. In twenty minutes and one second, which is hugely, hugely impressive, this was completed at the Samoa Games athletics competition at Apia Park
1: on Saturday. Yeah, well done. Uh, this is a huge performance from Darren, not so young in terms of the field, but um, to, to be able to run that, that time you mentioned twenty minutes and one second is is very fast. Um, but five yeah. <laughs> Ks? Are you good at running five Ks, Sarah?
0: Like I'm heavy on the twenty five minute. No, that's even, that's an exaggeration. I'm I'm <laughs> sub 30, but I'm like twenty nine
1: fifty nine. Twenty nine fifty nine, That's respectable. It's still sub 30. Yeah, it's, that's right. Sub 30 is what you're aiming for. In the women's division, 19-year-old Patricia Brooks took out gold with 26 minutes and 31 seconds. And um, historic first, six Samoan women competed in that event. So... Great to see the sport of athletics getting a bit of airtime in Samoa. Turning our attention to football and the OFC Championship, uh, Champions League, I should say, 2023 final was held in Vanuatu and Auckland City took it out 4-2 against Suva. So well done to Auckland City. Another football event, Champions League. I love uh, hearing about all the different football events that are taking place around the Pacific. Yeah, a bit going on there. The Auckland City will
0: now head over to Saudi Arabia later this year to complete and they will actually represent the whole Oceania region. So it took some time for them to be able to claim that spot, but good on them and can't wait to see what they do over there. Now over to Rugby Barbarians v. World 15 took place at Twickenham Stadium last Sunday. Barbarians came out on top 48 to 42. Eddie Jones notches this one over his uh, do it's safe to say rival? rival? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rival. They've been
1: international rivals for a little while. Yeah. yeah.
0: Scott Hansen. So as we mentioned um, last week, there was a lot of experience within this squad, seeing the likes of Sam Karevi, as well as Craig Cooper, being in this squad. Israel Falao as well. Um, he speaking of Falau, didn't receive the warmest of receptions. Received a couple of boos, but uh, as Steve Hansen said, we cannot uh, continually hold this man to something that happened so
1: many years ago. Yeah, you can't make change by leaving someone on the outside. I think that was a, uh, or I'm paraphrasing a bit. That's something that Scott Scott said in the post-match, Scott wearing a, a pride band himself on his wrist. So obviously um, he's a, he's a good leader by the sounds of things, Scott Hanson. Um, but yeah, you kind of expected that that may be the case that Falao might cop a bit of negative attention in the match. He scored a try himself as well, which no doubt um, that kicked off some more booing from the crowd. Um, but, As a result, 48 to 42, high scoring affair. Good to see Eddie Jones get a win um, as he looks to start his international campaign again, back here with the Wallabies.
0: Yeah, crazy to think that World Cup is only, I think, 99 days away. So
1: 99 days.
0: There's going to be so much rugby that's going to be happening, but uh, great to see that fixture happen on the weekend. Now, over to the Oceana Women's Championship. This tournament is currently underway in the Gold Coast. We see Fijiana, Samoa, PNG and Tonga competing. Fijiana and Samoa have shown such strong performances. Unfortunately for PNG, they are yet to score a try, but this Sunday will hit round three of the competition where everyone will play their final fixtures and hopefully we can see PNG put on some points against Tonga.
1: Yeah, they're playing uh, Tonga and we'll chat with um, Sali Malangi from Tonga later on in the show. But um, Sarah, I guess with PNG, they, they haven't um, scored a try as yet in either of their matches, but it's a good opportunity for them to, to develop, I guess, being on the international stage. what's uh, How do you weigh up the, the balance of not competing as as well as they would like to, but also getting exposure to some of the best teams in the world.
0: Uh, This experience for them would no doubt be such great exposure for them to, to, to feel and to recognize what happens at the international level. I think it's very deflating that they're going into these test match, test matches and they're, they're big, such big score margins scored against them. I don't necessarily know what that does for their confidence. We saw uh, PNG compete in the Sydney Sevens early this year who, you know, did a similar thing of trying to fight their way to be on the world stage. But I just think what they need to do as a nation is perhaps focus on one code, be Sevens or Fifteens, make that as strong as it can possibly be and then look to, to further themselves that way. I just don't necessarily think it's great for their confidence. And I don't actually know um, – how much it's developing them, particularly if they're sitting in the change rooms, knowing that they've copped some heavy defeats.
1: Fair, fair enough. Uh, and point well made. Now, former Wallaby Christian Lillefano uh, wants to finish his career playing for Samoa, which is really positive in terms of growing the game internationally and, and having the best players turn out for their, their nation of heritage.
0: Yeah, it's incredible news. Uh, we covered last week that his teammate at Moana, Levi, has taken a contract with Crusaders because he has hopes to play for the All Blacks, where we see here Christian actually would like to put his hand up for Samoa. And I think that is kind of the purpose of what Moana Pacifica is trying to establish, is to have these players in power to go back and play for their home nation. So it's great news. Christian is an incredible fly half, and I think wherever he goes, he will be a great asset.
1: He certainly will. Now, up next, it's Talanoa time.
0: Kalanoa Time on Can You Be More Pacific? This week for Talanoa Time, we are very, very fortunate to be joined by Sally Mailangi. She is currently competing in the Oceania Rugby Tournament happening on the Gold Coast, representing Tonga. She's also donned the red jersey in the Code of Rugby League. And last year, actually, I stand corrected, in 2021, she won Player of the Year Honours for South in the Women's New South Wales Rugby League Premiership side. So fair to say the girl has a very fancy CV. Sally, thank you so much for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific? Thank you, guys. Well, let's just start with where you currently are. As I mentioned at the top, you are in the Gold Coast. So tell us, how are things looking in the Tongan camp?
3: Yeah, it's looking good. Um, like everything behind the scenes isn't looking that great. Like we've pretty much just got our head coach flying yesterday. Um, yeah, so we've been here for about a week and a bit now. It's a two-week comp. So um, we had girls flying in like at different days because it's the first time girls have come from America. Um, and then, yeah, I had coach flying in yesterday and other girls waiting on visas, but apart from everything behind the scenes, like, yeah, camp's been great, great and grateful.
0: <laughs> great and grateful. I like that.
1: So well, with, with the, uh, that disruption, not having your coach there and then having, um, players fly in at different times, what, what have you, how have you prepared over the last couple of weeks with those that are there? Like, is it getting sessions from coaches or assistant coaches just taking over?
3: yeah well I'm um, blessed enough to have our assistant coach here in Gold Coast, so um luckily he's been based here, so he's been able to help a lot he's, he stepped up as um head coach for a bit and um yeah, just luckily for him because we didn't even have physios and team doctors here they're they still waiting on their visa; like they're still not here, so he had a few connections um that enabled us to have like physios on game day.
0: That's pretty crazy to hear. And I mean, for yourself, who's had the the very fortunate opportunity of being able to play in such established competitions like the NRL, is it a bit of a, like, how do you process that getting then thinking, we don't even have our coach here, we don't have everyone else here. Does it make you, I guess, a little bit more grateful or how do you process all those emotions? Because you kind of just would assume that everything would already be in place when you rock up into camp.
3: Yeah, like, it's, it's pretty hard. Um especially with, like, this is some of the girls' first tour and for them to witness this as their first tour, it's hard to, um, like, it's hard to explain to them that, like, this is not, this is, like, a basic standard that club rugby has here in Australia. So, like, it just goes to show, like, all the girls have been saying, like, oh, just grateful, grateful. But, like, we shouldn't be grateful for that. We've come to a time, like nowadays that like this is the basic standard for women's rugby and the fact that it's still happening at, at international level, it's just like it's falling for me from Tonga rugby to be honest
1: so what about yourself as, as someone that's played um, at different levels in different codes and has seen the different standards that that are in place do you have you taken on a little bit of a leadership role amongst the group and, and trying to en- encourage as best you can the group
3: yeah, I think this year especially, um, like Sarah knows, I'm not that leadership type. Like, if anything, I'm that annoying pest like that goes around Facts. in groups. group. Her and her so, sister Loretta. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been like it was so hard for me to like like, edit our assistant coach would be like, oh, Silly, you got anything to say? And I'm just like, like, I don't know whether it's a joke or if it was like serious moment." So, yeah, it's been a good learning moment for me um, this tour. So, yeah, I just... Just grateful.
0: Sally, <laughs> I guess moving more onto like a positive light, it's always so special when you get the opportunity to to wear your national jersey, represent your family and your culture. How much of that has been cultivated in camp, like remembering who you're doing it for and who you're representing?
3: Oh yeah, a lot. I think especially us Tongan people we always try and do it for our families or like us islanders in general. So just having to hear the sacrifices a lot of the girls have made, like I think the Americans spent like a day in China for a layover just to come and play here. And like just the things that everyone has gone through just to make, just to make it here for two weeks, you know, with who knows if they're going to get paid. Like it's just crazy, just the things they do for rugby.
1: Well, speaking about family, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and growing up and where you're from and, and yeah, what your family looks like?
3: Yeah, so I've grown up pretty much in a footy family. Like, if you played netball, you just, like, didn't fit in. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, you would get mocked if you played any other sport than football. And um, it was kind of a good thing. Like, uh, my mom's a hopawadi, so um, everyone was always hard on each other, whatever sporting factor you like, being, um would be getting smashed by our boy cousins since we were young. And then, like, the rule was you can't cry, so... It's um, still been the same. And especially on my dad's family, it's, it's kind of still the same. So, um, yeah, I'm the oldest of five. Um, I have all my siblings play, play rugby except for one. Um, and I have a little sister at the moment playing at the Tars.
0: Yes, I just want to touch a little bit more on your family because well listeners, Sally and I actually went to school together and her dad has given me many rides back home <laughs> after we finished from gala days, etc. But <laughs> Sally, just talk to us how important family is. I guess, particularly when you're on this journey of the pursuit of sport, which can be so taxing, like how, how grounding is it to have a family like yours?
3: Oh, huge. Like, um, and it's just the little things too. Like some of, I think one of the girls, here actually said like, she actually was teary halftime. Like, Oh, I wish my parents were here. And like, that's so you take that for granted. Like my parents flew up and then um, my last game against Fiji and um, like, I just like, I really was appreciative of that after hearing, like, the girl, one of the girls say that. And even though he gave me a growling, like, at the end of the game, like, as soon as I got off, he was like, bro, you wasted my time. And I was like, can we do this?
1: <laughs> what, what was he critical uh, of?
3: Oh, just everything. I wasted his time, wasted his, like coming up here even though i played 80 minutes like I injured myself first half and I wasn't even scared for my body I was scared like you better get up because dad's going to give it to you his time I love you dad
1: <laughs> well so uh Sarah mentioned that you, you're also from uh the NRLW as well you, you played for the Eels last year and um I'm the fact that you just said you played eighty minutes hurt uh you've played number nine at dummy half in in rugby league, so you obviously got a good amount of fitness in you. What's the differences i guess, for you between both sports?
3: Oh yeah, probably like like fitness wise like going back to ten for league like I don't know how to explain it. I think just like um con blocks for league is a lot harder than con blocks in union, and um yeah, I was at para eels um. With the light, like I had um, Mima and Tiana there. So they were really good. Um, they were really good leaders for me. Um, I really looked up to them while we had our. I, I played two seasons there last year. So I was really blessed to be amongst girls
0: like that. So now just looking forward um, again to this week at the Oceana tournament, you mentioned off air that all the other competing nations in the likes of PNG, Samoa and Fiji are all at the same camp as you girls. But what is the focus now for Tonga? Because I know that your next picture is on Sunday. So what's the chat like? What's preparation looking like? Particularly now that your head coach is actually there with you guys.
3: Yeah, preparation has been real good. He's come in and like set, set the standards for us. Like we've been kind of all over the place and, um, yeah, we're just preparing the same way we did against Fiji and Samoa. It um, will be our last game. We can't take PNG lightly. Their first 20 minutes against Samoa, I think they held Samoa out. So, like, um, yeah, we just got to go in there as if we're versing, like, the top-tier team here, and that's
1: um, Fiji. I guess uh, a question for me is uh, what about uh, for any young athletes that want to follow in your, your sort of footsteps? You've, as, as we've spoken about covered a lot of ground in, in two different sports, but it, it wouldn't have come without a lot of hard work. Any, any advice for young athletes listening?
3: Yeah, just go at it. Um, like go to your local club and find your love for it. You know, there's been like a year, I think it was like 2020 where I played local club footy uh, rugby league, you know, cause I just, The competing um, arena at Harvey Norman wasn't for me. So um, I found my love for rugby league back at local club footy, came back the next year and I was like, I want it at South. So it's just like, just find what you love and like, just do what makes you happy and you'll get the best out of you.
0: That is some solid advice for those tuning in. We're chatting to Dual Code International, Sally Mailunga, who's currently at the Oceania Women's Championship, and you're listening to Can You Be More Pacific on Radio Australia and ABC Sport Digital. Sally, before you leave, we love to run a segment with our guest called Tip On. It's basically 60 seconds of rapid fire questions. The thing is, don't think too hard. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Is that something that you that you'd be keen to play with us? I don't
3: know. I'm scared. Is there like a like, thing if I
1: saw it or something, we can add that in. Yes, yeah, we, we can. We can censor oh, yeah.
0: you if we need to. Um, all right, well, if you're ready to play, we will get stuck into it. And the clock is on. What have you been binging lately? Oh, a chocolate. What is your coffee order? Hot chocolate. Who is your most annoying teammate? Oh, uh, Mon, who is your sporting hero? Sunny what would be your wrestler entrance song? Oh, I don't know, some and song. <laughs> what was your favourite movie as a kid? Lion King. Who on your team is always on their phone? Oh, that would be me. What's something that you could eat for a month straight? Hot chips. Favourite place you've travelled to? Um, America. Do you have a hidden talent? Nah, no, nothing. <laughs> what song do you play to make you feel good?
3: I don't know I don't
0: know Next Scale of 1 to 10 And 10 being the best How good are you At keeping secrets 10 Who is your celebrity crush Sunny Bill What's your favourite drink (laughs) Uh, uh, Milo What scares you My parents (laughs) <laughs> Wait, am i allowed to say that
3: yes <laughs> we'll try welfare comment
0: <laughs> i am i am going to send the link to this um this week's show to your parents so they can just hear how much you've roasted them yeah oh my god Uh Sally, it's been an absolute treat for us to be able to catch up with you thanks so much for sharing your time with us we wish you and the tongan side all the best for your fixture against png on sunday
3: Uh, Thank you so much, guys. made this um, a lot more calm than I thought it would be.
0: (laughs) That's what we are. We're calm, cool and collected over here. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like
1: to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific time for you can ask that and this week uh, our question is around what if so going back in the past to change something that um you'd like you'd like done differently or you'd like a different result and i'm sure that every single person that's played any competitive sport has one or two matches that stick out in the head that that really hurt um sarah what's something that jumps immediately to your mind and if you could go back and change the outcome of one game what, what would it be
0: My game would be the Rugby World Cup opener between Australia and New Zealand played at Eden Park last season. If anyone remembers, I think everyone actually remembers because they thought Australia was a real chance. I certainly believed it when we were on the field. We had all the ascendancy in the first half, actually went into the change rooms with the lead over the Black Ferns, came out, um, we got a penalty pretty much right in front of our post. We had an option to kick for touch or to kick for points. And in all honesty, I think we should have kicked for touch because we were killing our lineouts and we we're gaining so much momentum for it. But um, a decision between two game drivers kind of clashed and we ended up trying to look to take the points. And Arabella McKenzie, our fly half for that fixture, she missed and admittedly said herself after the game that she lost all all confidence and it kind of just went downhill for for us there. And you know that feeling when you're in a fixture and you know that you have all the ascendancy, you pretty much have the opposition like right where you need them to be because your team's just hissing in all the right places. I just always wonder what could have been because then that game, we also had a yellow card to our captain. And I just think far out if we could have just duplicated what worked for us in the first half, I actually think it would have been a different story for us in the second half and still till now Wallaroos have never won against the Black Friends, but that could change in a few weeks time when we head up to Brisbane.
1: That, that could certainly change. I suppose that, like you said, the the, the opening match, how many, there was like over 40,000 there. Is yeah, it, it was uh, a
0: record a ma- uh, record, breaking
1: crowd was 40,000 people
0: which was only topped again in the final between England and Black Ferns so up
1: the girlies (laughs) you win that match right it sets up your whole tournament differently doesn't it because you you take down the Black Ferns on home soil in front of so many people like a a record crowd and then it's a really, it's a, it's a big moment to, to take and change. Cause yeah, I reckon that sets us up completely different.
0: Oh, definitely. So that's one game that always stick to me. Like what would have happened if we actually just kick for touch as opposed to take the points, which we actually didn't even get anyways, we didn't get the points when we kick for it. So it is what it is. We live and we learn. Yes. Hashtag grateful. <laughs> what about you, Hala? What would be one fixture?
1: A little bit similar in terms of it's on the international stage. It's a 2006 tri-series um, that I played in for the Kiwis. And we, it was played down here in Australia and New Zealand across both, both countries. And we played in the final against uh, the Australian team at the Sydney Football Stadium. It came down to, I think we got into extra time. Yeah, we did in, we got into extra time. And uh, so golden point. Uh, and there was a try scored by Darren Lockyer on the bell. Um, Jonathan Thurston cut through the line, picked up Darren Lockyer. He scores under the post. The Australian team beat us to win the game. Um, and it sticks out in my mind because I've never beaten – I'd never beaten the Australian team. Like Similar to yourself, never beating the Black Ferns. I'd never beaten the Australian team in my whole international career. I think I played them maybe uh, seven times for no wins. So Wow. That was the closest I got. We had a really good tournament. Um, we played some some great games. We smashed um, England in the, the the lead-in match to that final, and we were like we were humming as a group. We just, were doing everything really. All our game plans were strong. Um, we had some good philosophies around the way we wanted to play, and we our coach Brian McClennan at the time had us all singing from the same song sheet. So we went into that final really confident, good team, um, and against a really strong Australian side too. Like if you talk about having Darren Lockyer and Jonathan Thurston in the same side. It's pretty elite. It's pretty elite. So for them to, to be the guys that, that took us down in the end, you kind of expect that from those guys. But, yeah, really bit of space. And I remember, like, I haven't really watched the game in full back because it hurts so much, but I remember that that occurred on the inside of me, like that line break. <laughs> and I, I was always reluctant to go back and go, oh, did I actually miss, the, like, a, a tackle that led to that? So you haven't
0: faced that demon is what you're telling no, me. No, I, I,
1: I looked back on it and it wasn't me. Okay. So. That's that a bit I'll... of a
0: shaggy reference. It wasn't me. <laughs> not, that
1: I, not that, I want it to be. Uh, you know, to pass it on to one of my teammates. But yeah, it wasn't me. So I was grateful that I didn't. I wasn't the one that cost. You can us sleep again. a little bit better at I night. I sleep a little bit better. I haven't <laughs> since 2006. So that's my one. Great Go insights. Go back and change that.
0: Great, great insights. Well, if you have a question, please feel free to hit us up. We're both active on the gram. My handle is at Sarah Nangama and Dean's is at Dean Halitow.
3: Can you be more Pacific on ABC
0: Radio Australia? Oh, my God.
1: You're with Sarah and Dean talking all things sport across the Pacific.
0: Stick around. We'll spotlight our favourite socials. But up next, we'll head to Samoa with J.P. Lata to talk about the growth of Samoa Tag.
1: Joining us for Island Life, we're very lucky to have JP Lealta. He is the president of Samoan Tag and he's here today to share with us a little bit about what's going on. JP, thanks for joining us.
2: No, no worries. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Really appreciate it.
1: JP, I'll uh, you to share with the listeners a little bit about Samoan Tag and, and your role as president.
2: Oh, uh, choice. Um, well, first of all, um, Samoan Tag, um, we've been around for uh, six years now. Um, we're. Um, um, endorsed and sanctioned from our um, sporting body and also our, uh, c- our government to, to perform uh, the duties of the sport of Um So we've been around for for about six years now, um, since our, our launch uh, back in 2018 I think it was. Um, my role, um, obviously um, I'm uh, the president of Summutec. Um uh What I've been doing lately with, um, with our board for the last six years, um, we've put it into uh, uh, three phases. Like our first phase was uh, our development. Um, So that's just getting a grassroots tag up and running, getting our competitions running, getting our referees up and running so um, we can perform these tournaments at a, at a higher level. So yeah, it's been a very uh, busy year. Um, Just as, as, as um, we're having this conversation before that we, we just finished um, marching in the 61st, um, Samoa Independence Day, so it was a very busy um, busy day, a busy morning for Samoa Tag.
0: Certainly sounds like a busy day. You speak about how it has been around for about six years. What are some of the big changes that you've noticed within um, Samoa Tag?
2: Yeah, oh, no, that's a... Thank you for that. That's an awesome question. Um, well, these are... I always compare stars of play, so like um, back in the islands, especially Samoa and the Pacific Islands, we've we've tried and... Um, uh, we play the game and what's in front of us, and use their their their, their natural flair. Um, but over the, the the years, we've had these two wheeler tournaments. We see teams come from overseas with, with structure, so our teams are starting to adapt to those sort of uh, plays and those roles. So um, as as the years went by, the flair start to go out, but the structures and set plays starting to come in. So that's that's pretty pleasing for for us as well, and the players. Um, they're doing their homework as well. The coaches—they're going away. They're studying other teams, studying tag overseas, and you know, and it's pretty cool, good fun.
1: JP, I guess uh, that that takes me to a, a question uh, for yourself. Have you yeah. um, looked overseas to see how tag competitions run, um, and and taken some stuff back for um, for your own competitions?
2: Um, not, not, not really. Uh, well, I, I've seen the. Uh, the I've seen the style um, of play of the scene like um, New Zealand and Australia, and then we just compared to, to what we have here. Um, I think um, what I can, what I've been preaching to the players now is just more being patient with them. You know, they're always rushing things; they they want to score the first tag instead of you know going through your sets and all that, complete your sets and and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's the the big change of attitude that I have now with with association and the clubs now, especially coaches. Um, they're asking their players to be more patient. Um, you know, the don't score, you know, your first tag, be patient and things will, will come into place, fall into place.
0: I think that's a, a common message preached at every level of the game that you don't have to score for the first <laughs> phase, just try and build uh, and I'll eventually get some momentum off that. Uh, we've spoken about uh, your your players of that you currently have. Have you got anyone to name that has kind of been a superstar over the past few years and you expect big things to come of them?
2: Yeah, we've we, we've got a few. So, um, so ever since tags has uh, tags been around uh, more uh, for the last six years, we've we've had a few players represent Samoa uh, in the seventh circuit. So they have transitioned from playing tag into, into Sevens, and then we and then we we still you know the pundits always said we've got some natural flair, natural talent. So we're, right now we've got like talent right throughout the whole um, for our, our clubs, and it's just the games are harder. The games are high now, and the, the teams, are, they know who they, the style players are, the, the danger players, and they're starting to, to break them down, shut them down straight away. So we've got a few players on the radar, not only for um, tag but um, and other codes as well that can be taken from tag.
1: JP, what about your, your domestic competition? How, how is it going in terms of numbers? How many teams have you got playing? And, and I guess what's, what's the structure of the competition at the moment?
2: um yeah cool thank you um well every year um every year we've we've got a tournament that um so obviously terwila terwila tag our international Tewila tag is the pinnacle of of our calendar our events so what we do is we we pretty much have uh tournaments leading up to terwila so we're building them right up to terwila so right now we've got um we've, we've got we start off with two one-day tournaments just to bring all the clubs back in, get into the use, uh, you know, to the systems and all that sort of stuff. So it's called the Vodafone Series. So we have two one days, and then we lead into our our Tola Tag Series, which is about like six weeks, eight weeks of of, of tag. Um, we we usually our numbers are growing every year, so we've added another four new teams into our our, our club our team this year. Um, which, which takes up to about twelve. I think we have got twelve clubs green this year for for uh, for Tola, uh, but then we had to turn away some other clubs as well because they came in late. So um, we we pride ourselves on time. So we we want to get all our clubs green on time. So um, so it's pretty cool.
0: It's so cool to hear how much interest our uh, tag has been able to gauge over the past few years. You've spoken about the Tula Tag series, but we know also coming up in October—sorry, Oto- in October—is the first ever regional nationals, which will be held between American Samoa and yeah. Samoa. How much are you looking forward to that, um, as well as everyone else?
2: Man, that's an awesome question. Um, well, uh, that's again—that's um, the first for us as well because it's part of our, um, our government. Uh, two governments between American Samoa and um and Samoa. So we they've got um development plans for not only education but in sports as well and then we've got that route as well to promote tag through our through our government. So we've we've got first nationals in how New Zealand um, and we've got um we've got a lot of regions from that are underneath our Samoa tag umbrellas Dallas playing as, for both Samoa and American Samoa. So it's pretty massive for us in terms of our calendar
1: I mean. events. We're chatting with J.P. Liotta, the president of Samoa Tag, and you're listening to Canyon Be More Pacific on Radio Australia and ABC Sport Digital. J.P., what about yourself? Do you have a background uh, in in either rugby or, or league or tag? Did you have a love for the game um, for a long time? Yeah,
2: yeah. My, my background, um, I did a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of kicking the ball around back in New Zealand. I used to play rugby back in New Zealand. Um, And then I came over to uh, uh, Samoa, and I played for Samoa. Um, uh, But I also play a bit of uh, Riverside Samoa in touch as well, so it's pretty cool. But uh, I I always said to um, uh, some of the coaches back in Samoa, I wish we had Tag back in our days, because our our boys would have been really Mm -hmm. skillful, and the skill sets they used from Tag would have been useful in in rugby, nipple, soccer, those, those sort of sports. So it's pretty cool.
0: What I'm hearing is if if this existed back when you first started playing, I think it'd be over for everyone because you'd just be tearing it up with all your mates.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're, a bit, we're a bit old school, so I, I, I mean, like the, the game set, yeah, uh, I mean, the skill sets would have been cool, but, you know, so, uh, us outfills, we were quite quite stubborn with some of the referees would have had a field day with us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And just lastly, no doubt there's been so much interest um, towards Samoa Tag, but if there was anyone that was sitting on the cusp of considering whether they wanted to get involved in the sport or not, what would one piece of advice be um, to help them get involved?
2: Uh, you know, um, obviously Tag is a, a non-contact sport, you know, and it's for everyone. Um, we, we, we've got a program that's uh, more for our, our schools. It's called Stop the Violence and Stop the Bullying in Schools. And so we use all the morals that we have for TAG and and we apply it to our school kids. Uh, You know, stopping the violence. You shouldn't be fighting in the game of TAG because it's a non-contact sport. So all the morals of the game is, you know, we can apply it in our daily lives. So it's good. And that's why I always tell our kids and our players, um, you know, you you come here to to play, play hard, use your skills, god will tell it from and then at the same time, place Yeah, and then you know, apply all those morals into your game, and you, you should be good.
1: I love that. That's that's awesome that you're using tag as a vehicle to create social change and to um create fairness, I guess, as well on, on the sporting field. So, uh, that's that's an uh, awesome, awesome initiative.
2: No, no worries. Well, we've got uh, we're teaming up with um, our NRL Samoa that's based here in Samoa, and we're using all these. Well, our our deal, our message for tag is is through our kids, our, through our primary schools in Intermediate. Um, we see um, bullying a, a big factor not only in Samoa but across the world. So, and we're using the tag uh, rules and the morals that we apply in, in tag to into our um, our daily lives. So, it's pretty cool.
0: JP, it has been such a treat for Dean and I to be able to catch up with you on Can You Be More Pacific with everything that you've got in the pipeline and everything else that is still yet to come later this year. We wish you all the best and cannot wait to see how TAG continually evolves in
2: Samoa. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
3: Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social.
0: There's a bit going on on social media, and this is a time for us to talk about what took our eye the most. Hala, I'm just going to lead on this one. Go for it. So I'm a really big fan of social media. We know this. Yes. New South Wales Blues Media Team, to me, are the creme de la creme of social media right now. On top. They are on top. First place. First place. They did a little bit better than the boys last night. Oh, too soon, too soon, too soon. But all of their content has been electric and I feel like I'm right there with the players. And that's essentially what you're supposed to do when you're a part of the social media team is provide access. And I feel like I have access to Millie Boyle, to Jerome Luai. I know that they got a new speaker. I just feel so across it all. A New South Wales theme speaker graffiti style. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on now. Yeah. They could have just been basically giving them a black one, but no, they gave them a whole speaker that was customized. <laughs> so I actually don't have one in particular that's um a favorite for the week, but I just want to kind of gas up their social media team and say, y'all are doing the most. And I really see it.
1: So jump on and just scroll, just, just scroll, keep
0: scrolling. have a scroll. You give yourself 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. They're posting about six posts a day. That's another
1: thing. Oh, just incredible. Anywho, <laughs> what about
0: you, Hal? What do you find?
1: Well, as we know, it is Samoan Independence Day and it's also Samoan Language Week. And Moana Pacifica have taken to their social pages with a number of their players, contributing some uh, Samoan Language Week um, or phrases. Or they're, they're trying to share uh, some translations for for the audience. So this is on the Moana Pacifica um, Instagram page, Tomasi Alosio and Niria uh, Formai. They've um, put up some language lessons for... Uh, the people of the public. Have a listen. Oh, what do we say first?
2: Talofa. I'm one yeah. shot, man. Yeah. Talofa, yeah, man. Talofa!
1: The theme for this year for the Simon Language Week is... I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> the theme for Simon Language Week this year is... The theme for Samoan Language Week this year is... The Mitamita is... mita which means be proud of your culture and grounded in your identity.
3: so the words for today are savali which means walk and samoe which means run. Savali matamoe. Walk and run. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Good to see the boys having a bit of fun.
0: Yeah, that's It's actually so heartwarming to me when I just hear like the cackles in the background.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do you know everyone standing behind and making fun of them as 100% that? yeah.
0: and that's just the part that made footage.
1: <laughs> Can
0: you be more specific? On ABC Radio Australia,
1: Sarah, there's lots to look forward to this weekend in sport. What are you looking forward to?
0: Well, top of the list has to be pickleball. The Tonga Pickleball Association will host a indoor three day tournament that actually kicked off yesterday and will finish on the second of June. They're hosting over a hundred players um, that will come from 20 local clubs. So, pickleball. I didn't know about pickleball.
1: I now know what pickleball looks like. Um, but apparently it's a big deal over in Tonga. It's growing, right? Like say, so I, I didn't know either, but randomly the other day on my feed, uh, on, on Instagram comes up a pickleball competition and I'm watching it. I've never heard of pickleball, but all of a sudden it's just a big crowd. Maybe not. It's all of a sudden to me, but to others it's uh, it's been around for a while. Um, strange game.
0: Strange game. For anyone that doesn't know what it looks like, it's basically, think about table tennis. That's kind of the the – what would you call that? The table. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And then the bat looks like a handheld mirror.
1: Okay. The so shape of it, but obviously it's plastic. You stand on a table tennis table with that mirror. No. Oh, i got pull, it wrong, man.
0: You, our, our listeners are much more clever than you are, oh, so I'm I'll leave playing. that to them. You're, it's like
1: a miniature tennis court. Yes. Using paddles that look like mirrors, and it's kind of a hybrid between badminton. Actually, badminton-sized courts, um, similar to tennis and table tennis.
0: So, yes, that's um that's exciting to see what will come of it. Over to football, Venuati will be cheering for the Central Coast Mariners in the A-League Grand Final this weekend because one of their own 29-year-old Brian Kautak will be playing for the Mariners.
1: Yeah, he's playing his first A-League Grand Final for the Central Coast and they're taking on the Melbourne City uh, FC. Melbourne City um, have had a lot of success in the A-League. Uh, Central Coast is sort of a, a reemergence emergence to them, but well done to Brian uh, getting his opportunity to play in that Grand Final. His coach has got a big rap on him in terms of his athleticism, um, says he is someone that... We'll keep developing and who knows where he'll, where he'll end up. Hopefully, and this is not to, to um, disrespect the A-League, but you know, there might be opportunities to play in one of the bigger European leagues as well, um, but playing in a grand final. Good luck to Brian this week. Although I have a friend that plays for Melbourne City, so I've got like half a soft spot for Melbourne City. So what you're
0: saying is you're going to win either way?
1: Well, I'm happy to see Brian play this week for Central Coast. But I'm also happy but to if see my friend. My friend wins, wins, I'll be high-fiving him, back-slapping him. Ooh, yep. you're a, you live in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> um, also sticking with soccer, the inaugural IFC Women's Champions League kicked off in Port Moresby today.
0: Yeah, this is hugely exciting to see the girls get an opportunity. We just saw the men's wrap up their, uh, their version of this tournament. So now it's all about the girls. So no doubt over the following weeks, we will uncover their results. Turning our attention now to Super Rugby Pacific, we are in the final round, round 15, Hala, 15 weeks of rugby.
1: You say that like it's like a drag. Oh, no, I say it like, far out, we made it. Okay, we made it to the end.
0: Yes, we did. So this is actually really exciting because... Obviously, there are some teams like the Melbourne Rebels who have been very inconsistent but are a mathematical chance they will have their work cut out for them going up against the Brumbies who are undoubtedly the best Australian side. So that fixture will kick off on Friday. Draw v Reds, this we played up in Queensland. Dua have been very, very fortunate to have a successful trot over in sewer but let's see if that uh, favour plays out for them on Australian soil. And Waratahs v Moana, this will be played at Sydney Football Stadium on Saturday evening. For the Tars, this is quite a momentous occasion because Michael Hooper, will play his last game for the Tars at Sydney Football Stadium in the Wheel jersey, and Moana is still searching for their first win. So I think for Moana they're just going to come across to Australia and want to susser. The opposition <laughs> and Waratahs will be up for the challenge after losing to the Crusaders last week in Christchurch. So I reckon this week's going to be some
1: some cracker footy. There, there will be, you know, when you said mathematical chance. Have you ever been in that position, Sarah? You've never been in uh, that position, eh? Hey?
0: No, I, I remember a few years ago I was at nationals and I just like I don't understand it. because like, oh, if they if they win and that person lose, but it needs to be yeah. by this many points. Like, you're, me, in tr-
1: you're in trouble when you start thinking about that stuff.
0: A hundred percent. So much so last week I was in, co- in commentary and I I messaged the host. So Nick Carter, and I said to him, hey, mate, don't ask me about the ladder. I don't understand anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how much I want to steer clear <laughs> of ladder standings.
1: Jumping over to the NRL, and it's round 14. Uh, games that off, off the back of Origin, it's always interesting to see how players back up, but games that I'm really looking forward to. The Tigers against the Raiders. On front of, I keep mentioning Tigers games because they're on the upswing, so I'm, uh, I'm right behind the Tigers, but tough game against the Raiders. That's at Campbelltown. Warriors versus Dolphins. I've loved the way the Warriors have played this week. They were unlucky against some Broncos in Napier last weekend, but they still got a lot of good footy in them, and they're coming up against uh, the Dolphins, the the feel-good story of the year in the NRL. Um, That one is in New Zealand at Mount Smart Stadium on Saturday. And the other Saturday fixture I'm looking forward to at Shark Park, which has sold out. Uh, It's a reduced capacity at Shark Park because of the building that's going around there, but still sold out early in the week. Sharks versus the Broncos. So this is two teams right up the top of the table. Looking forward to seeing that rollout on Saturday, but right in front of us tonight, the State of Origin women's match, which will be played at Western Sydney Stadium. Looking forward to seeing the Sky Blues take on the Maroons. I'm um, Sky Blues all the way in this fixture.
0: A hundred percent. I cannot wait to see the girls. Ruby. And I actually will be there tonight. I will be there too. Oh, amazing. You know, yes. you will see me, hear me.
1: Uh, Are you doing some stuff on the ground? Yes, I'm that person. Oh, wow. Wow. I'll sit there with my daughter in the crowd and say, hey, I know her. Hey, that's my co-host. We run a really fantastic show
0: on ABC together.
1: Yeah, listen in, (laughs) Taylor. I know you're not listening at the moment, but listen in, please.
0: (laughs) No, but it's hugely, hugely exciting. All of this action will take place over the weekend. But don't forget, you can catch Andrew Moore and the Grandstand Rugby League team calling all the games on Radio Australia.
1: Well, that brings us to the end of the show, but we'll be back same time, same place next week.
0: Don't forget, you can find all of our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcast. More there. What's all the gear? Can You Be More Pacific, an ABC sport production for ABC Radio Australia.
3: This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.